Welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 397. We have a good episode planned for you this week. Uh, this is something that's been long overdue. And who knows, by the time this is published, uh, it can already be outdated. This story is so, so fluid. A couple of housekeeping notes I can tell you. Uh, I do know who episode 400 is going to be. And that person has committed to doing the podcast. I'll give you one hint. It is somebody who has been on the podcast a number of times before. That'll be my hint for you. Next week, I can tell you, uh, Joe Castiglione, the uh, legendary Red Sox radio announcer, will do the podcast. I'm looking forward to that. I was in Boston over the weekend, if you're listening to this, as it's uh, the week it's released. I uh, went on a little family vacation. I'd been to Boston probably dozen two dozen times i've so many times i've been to boston but only for work purposes i've never been just to hang out and for fun we had a great time but one of the things i got to do was go to a red sox game just as a fan i had never been uh, that's not true i went went once uh with tickets uh but most of the time it was to work i worked you know for the league 01, 02, 03, 04, you know, the magic 04 season. It was all at all those games. Um, great memories uh, at, at Fenway Park covering the Red Sox. And Joe Castiglione became a good friend then. And uh, it was a chance. We didn't see each other. He's not doing every uh, game. Uh, but Joe is going to do the podcast next week. The Regional Sports Network has been under siege. Cord cutting has been a topic on this podcast since its inception. I have been a cord cutter since 2017. But the story that we're tackling this week is about the Bally Sports Network. Diamond Sports is owned by a company called Sinclair. They created a subsidiary company when they acquired a bunch of regional sports networks from Disney. Because when, when Disney acquired Fox, and it was 20th Century Fox... You know, we, it was all the talk about the X-Men, you know, and, and the X-Men going into the Marvel Universe. Remember all that? Well, the FCC said that because Disney owned ESPN, they couldn't own a bunch of RSNs as well. So they made them sell and they sold to Sinclair, who created Diamond Sports. And it was at a time when cord cutting was on the rise. Now, Diamond Sports has filed for bankruptcy. And what does that mean? Does that mean that the... RSNs, the Bally Sports Network RSNs, are going to be null and void? Are they going to cease to exist? What does this mean for Major League Baseball teams? What does it mean for the NBA? What does it mean for the NHL? Different things for different teams. And what has been widely reported is, well, if a network goes down, you know, Commissioner Manfred has made a very very obvious that he's going to make the games available somehow. Am I going to be able to see my, uh, my, my team play? I don't see that as being the main thing. To me, the main story here is competitive balance. Because if the payments aren't made, that's a majority of the revenue for these teams. What happens then? Joining us now is a guy who has been the preeminent reporter on this story. He has been all over this story from the beginning. Uh, he works for a website called Sportico. We've had people from Sportico on, including Scott Soshnick. Uh, Barry Bloom works for Sportico. We've had a number of Sportico uh, people 
on the podcast, and uh, we are thrilled to have Kurt Bodenhausen on the show today. It is also the Masters week, you know, the week after the NCAA Final Four. It is the Masters, and we are going to preview the Masters with the head odds maker at BovadaSportsbook.com, Patrick Morrow, in just a few moments. But let's welcome in from Sportico, Kurt Bodenhausen. Kurt, first of all, if we wanted to cover this story as fluid as it is, how many appearances on this podcast would you have to do? Would you have to be a weekly? Could you do a monthly? How often and how much would I have to put you on the payroll? Weekly definitely isn't going to work. Uh, <laughs> <it is laughs> weekly, everything is out of date. Um, That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I, I think we will fall into a pattern at some point with this RSN story because it's not going to end quickly. Uh, once you get bankruptcy uh, courts involved, these situations can drag out multiple years. Um, but right now, think things are unfolding very rapidly, as particularly with Major League Baseball, as teams start to receive, and in some cases not receive, uh, their first rights fee payments for the 2023 season. Okay, let, let's let's I want to put a pin in that. And for listeners who have not been following this, as I said in the open, uh, this is a story that was uh, a few years in the making. Um, the way I saw this coming, you know, this is all about to me cord cutting and cord cutting versus cable and how we got here. Um, one thing I heard that was very, very interesting to me, and I wanted to get your perspective on, is when the big entertainment merger purchase of Disney buying Fox. And Disney bought Fox, and because Disney owned ESPN, they had to sell the Fox Sports RSNs, and they wound up selling to Sinclair, which then created Diamond Sports Group, which is the organization that is filing for bankruptcy now. What I didn't understand is when Disney bought Fox, and if you remember correctly, and this is more for the audience, this is all the talk about the x-men and and what it was going to mean for for marvel characters and things like that the reality of it is is that the the fcc makes disney sell the rsns why would sinclair buy them because at that moment disney plus had existed uh other netflix was a streaming service at that point Cord cutting wasn't the 50-50 or even the majority of it that it is now, but the trends were certainly there. Forget how did they get here. Why in the world would Sinclair buy RSNs at that point? That is the one thing about this whole story that makes no sense, because what I re really want to say is, you dummies, you did this to yourself. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. So the deal that they got, um, was basically at half the price uh, that Disney originally thought they could get for these mm. for this RSN business. So when they picked it up for ten billion dollars versus the twenty billion that some originally was floated out there, people thought, okay, that's a, that's a reasonable valuation. Uh, these things, while there was cord cutting, there they were still extremely profitable across the board and generating significant cash flow. Um, the problem is that in a deal like this, and we saw this with leverage buyouts through the 1980s, 
when you load up a company with this level of debt to do an acquisition, uh, you really start to stretch your balance sheet. And, and if you don't grow the business, those debt payments become very troublesome. And, and that's what happened. Uh, they loaded up with $8 billion worth of debt in the deal. And as cord cutting accelerated through the pandemic, um, which again, put, put everything on uh, hyperdrive with this situation. And suddenly it no longer made sense. They couldn't afford to pay off all the debt. So the RSM business, while troubled and uh, the Bally situation is just, they're so, hamstrung by the debt. Let me, let me just cut you off again. And I'm just explaining this for the audience. So any network, any regional network that was originally a Fox Sports network, so a Fox Sports Ohio or a Fox Sports Florida, became branded. There was a licensing deal that became Bally Sports Florida or Bally Sports uh, Los Angeles. You know, they, they, that's that was the, the the purchase deal then. That's that's how that became. Right. Okay, I just want to make sure that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't want to make assumptions because I don't think that the, the people who listen to this, I don't think they're dumb by any stretch, but I don't think that this is something that they listen to or would understand or would want to follow on a day in day out basis, like uh, yourself, yes. sir. A hundred percent. You don't want to follow this on a day to day basis. Uh, yes, they were all rebranded. Did a partnership uh, with Bally's Casino um, to brand that, and that is part of the allure. Uh, with Major League Baseball and the idea of the future of Major League Baseball broadcasts, which will be done increasingly through streaming. Uh, and, and that is a way you can incorporate more gambling opportunities. And if you talk to people, baseball is one of the best sports to do in-game betting because you can literally bet every single pitch. Uh, and so, so there's a, and before this year, right. there you was could a bet on a pitch that would make more sense pitch. than right. <laughs> betting on a pitch would make more sense than betting on a game because betting on a game, saying the Orioles are going to lose to the Phillies is dumb, but, but saying that this guy's going to get a hit or this guy isn't going to get a hit that may that that's a better bet. Because it's fun. The, it's fun. It, it keeps you engaged in the game and you do a bunch of micro transactions and so a lot of this comes down to also Bally's recognize, excuse me, Sinclair slash Diamond Sports Group uh, realizes that the future of baseball uh, and most programming is going to be through streaming. Uh, and so right now they're battling over who controls those rights. Uh, Diamond Sports has secured streaming rights to five teams, Detroit Tigers, Kansas City Royals, Miami Marlins, Milwaukee Brewers, and Tampa Bay Rays. So those clubs, they're all safe. They're going to keep getting their rights fee because the future of Diamond Sports and their Bally Sport networks uh, is focused on streaming. Um, and, and so it's the clubs beyond that uh, where we've seen trouble making delayed payments, not making payments. Um, those are the other the other clubs within the other nine clubs within the Bally Sports uh, network of RSNs are the ones that have concerns about getting payments in 2023. More of our conversation on the fate of regional sports networks, more specifically the Bally Sports Networks with Kurt Bodenhausen from Sportico in just a moment. First, the Masters is this weekend. This is our Masters preview that we do each and every year here on Sports with Friends with the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow. 
All right, let's take a look at this year's class. The Masters this year, you have some of the icons, you know, McElroy, Mickelson, Tigers there. Uh, you have some of the young pups there, uh, the, the new crop. You have this is the first Masters since the Netflix documentary. Uh, this has a lot of compelling action with a very interesting field. Who are the favorites to win this year's Masters? Seth, it is, uh, as you noted, it's a massive futures board with live golf uh, members allowed to compete. You have, uh, you know, senior eligibility, you have historical winners that are able to be there. And so, I, I mean, I've had to scroll four times just to look at all the competitors that we have in play here. Um, looking at the favorites for this, there are two golfers that have separated themselves a little bit from the rest of the field. That is Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler, who are both plus 750 right now. Uh, John Rahm right on their heels at 10 to 1. Rahm, who was, uh, would probably be the favorite in this tournament last year based on his play, but uh, has tapered off a little bit. And a real, really interesting to see the resurgence of Rory, who you know, started to figure out a little bit more in 2022, but otherwise was kind of quiet in 2020, 2021 when it came to his play. Uh, Jordan Spieth right there, 14 to one. And rounding up what I would say are the guys really in contention are, you know, Cameron Smith, 25 to one, Max Homa, 28 to one, Sam Burns, 40 to one. Uh, these are the kind of guys that are taking the most amount of money right now so far at Bavada. So how does this work? Does, does, does a player, you know, that has a certain amount of popularity, a Justin Thomas, a Jordan Spieth, guys that have a, a, a legacy, do people just take long shots on these guys? How does how does that work? I mean, obviously you have your favorites, but in a tournament as big as the Masters, where there's so many competitors, how do the pop? How much of a popularity contest does it become? Comes a popularity contest to the extent that because there are so many more what I'd call recreational eyes on a tournament like this uh, compared to, again, literally any uh, golf tournament all year, uh, that is something that we have to keep in, in mind. Uh, there are going to be uh, the casual fan that are driving down prices, not because they found uh, a relevant analytic or metric to say that, hey, Jason Day, that's my guy, John Rom, that's my guy. Uh, as a starting off point, what we're doing is looking at, you know, greens and regulations, who's doing well with their irons on these kind of fairways, you know, driving distance is of course really important, but we're basically trying to break down what these players do well, do really well and not so well, and apply that to the course. And that, that's what we do each week. And that's what we try and do, especially Masters Week. But again, because we're mindful at Bavada of how much recreational eyes we're going to have, we have to shade the lines a little bit. So I would say that you know, it's kind of similar to the Super Bowl, and I would say this is the Super Bowl of golf. Uh, you can probably find a little bit of value on some of these players, uh, especially more on the prop side, just because there's going to be that much more public money on things to happen, on bad things to happen. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword for us, for sure. All right, then the big elephant in the room. Uh, it doesn't look like an elephant, more like a tiger. Uh, tiger Woods. Uh, it could be his last. You never know. Uh, he's had some of his greatest moments in his career at this tournament. Uh, he loves this golf course. He is the most popular. So I would imagine the, uh, a, a, a plethora of action goes just to him on name recognition alone. Yeah, and Seth, it's, this is the guy, if he's competing in the Masters every year, for as long as I've been doing it, he has had the largest liability on the futures board. 
And looking at him right now, he is 80 to 1. And his liability is five times higher than any other golfer on the board. That is the name recognition. That is the fact that at his pinnacle, he once walked into this tournament as the odds on favorite over the entire field, which is surely something we will never see again, uh, I would imagine, in my lifetime. So with, with that in mind, you know, you can bet him at 80 to 1. I, I would caution that, and I'm not saying that we necessarily have done this, that because of that liability, he might already be shaded down a little bit. So if you're looking for another way to enjoy Tiger or not enjoy Tiger, uh, we have a hundred different props at Bovada right now that are just Tiger Woods related. Will he miss the cut? Will he get a hole in one? Top 40 finish. Um, will he uh, have X amount of bogeys? First round bogey three. So you can do whatever you like with it. You can digest, you can root for Tiger, you can root against him and we got you covered. He's not getting a hole in one. Well, bet the no then, Seth. I'm, I, okay, that's my bet. He's not getting a hole in one. That is the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow. Now back to our conversation with Kurt Bodenhausen from Sportico on the fate of the regional sports network with Diamond Sports bankruptcy and the AT&T Sports Networks, Bally Sports Networks, and the impact it's having on baseball, the NBA, and the NHL. So there are some teams, so just to, again to clarify, there are some teams that despite this bankruptcy, they're not concerned. You you mentioned Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Brewers fan, listen to this. I know we have a lot of Milwaukee uh, fan uh, listeners here. They, their games are going to air on Bally Sports Milwaukee uh, or Wisconsin uh, going forward, and they're going to make their payments because that's going to continue going on as planned. Why the delineation? Why is it that one's lucky and one's not? Well, those company, those teams were willing to um, negotiate their streaming rights when they were doing an RSN deal with Bally Sports. Uh, the, the other teams that don't have to worry about are those RSNs that continue to be very profitable uh, for Diamond Sports. So um, the Angels, the Cardinals, the Braves, they all reach huge audiences uh so diamond sports almost certainly continue to make their rights payments with them because they don't want to lose those rights it's the other clubs that that there's uh some consternation over because bally's is making a, a financial decision that the rights fees don't make sense uh without if we don't own the streaming rights then the current rights fees don't make sense uh in relation to the audience that we reach on those networks I was under the impression that because of this, Diamond was looking to get out of the deal, like get out of the RSN business. They're not trying to. They're just trying to absorb the debt and use the bankruptcy to do so. And if they wind up having six teams instead of the 14 that they have, they'll take that. Yeah, 100%. Diamond, Diamond Sports is not trying to get out of the RSN business because that is the only... I mean, Sinclair has basically separated itself from Diamond Sports at this point. So Diamond Sports is strictly an RSM business. And if they don't have the rights to sports teams, then they have no business. So they're, they're picking winners and losers in terms of who they want to stay in business with. And, and so that's what, what, what's going on here. And, and again, trying to secure as many streaming agreements um, as they can. 
It is springtime, and the name of the game in my house is eating healthy, but not eating anything gross. We need nutritious, convenient meals. It's getting warmer. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, delivers ready-to-eat meals, delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and you'll have time to do everything on your to-do list, including edit podcasts late at night. For me, this is about being calorie conscious, delicious, dietitian approved, calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. I don't know how to make anything for less than that. They offer delicious flavor packed options on the menu each week and you get to choose the category. Keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, protein plus. I do the protein plus. It's prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. It's cheaper than takeout. Get Factor instead. You literally take the meal out of your refrigerator and in just a couple of minutes, it's heated, it's warmed, it's ready. Head to factormeals.com friends50. Use the code friends50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code FRIENDS50 at factormeals.com slash FRIENDS50 to get 50% off your first box. Do yourself a favor. Try it out. That's exactly what I did. I had a very open mind. I tried it, but now I'm a regular. Factormeals.com slash FRIENDS50 for Sports with Friends to get 50% off your first box. Okay, so you mentioned Cleveland as an example of a team that's uh, they're not going to make their their payments. Uh, suddenly, what happens to the the Guardians games? Uh, do does 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 that RSN just shut down? Do they not air you know poker challenge in the you know in the middle of the night? You know what happened? See, I, I'm a cord cutter. I, I've been a cord cutter since 2017. I don't watch this crap. I, I I wouldn't know what an RSN looks like these days because when's a game on? It's when I choose to watch it. You know, it, it you know when when the NFL went to Thursday night football, all that meant is I pressed the button on the left versus the button on the right. Like it it doesn't make a difference to me. So I'm not the target here. What happens to the Bally Sports Ohio? Does that just disappear? Well, that is a good question. Major League Baseball insists that no matter what happens, you will continue uh, to be able to watch your hometown team uh, through one form or another. They will make sure that happened through MLB Network, through MLB Advanced Media, MLB TV. Uh, You will find a way. So uh, whether Diamond Sports, they miss their rights payment uh, to the Guardians, per our understanding, they still might make it. They have now a um, a, another 15, two weeks, something like that period where they can still make the rights fee. What happens if they don't make it at that point is up for question. Diamond Sports says they're going to continue to broadcast the games. MLB says we are going to take back the rights. The teams are going to take back the rights. Um, But with a bankruptcy court involved, you know, everything has to run through them at this point. So games will continue to be operated. And, and ultimately, what is going to happen is we will get to the point that Major League Baseball has been trying to get to, to reach people like you, Seth. 
to to your, your exact point about being able to watch your games whenever you want it on whatever platform you want at any time and not having all these restrictions because there's blackouts and uh, and you know you're out of market and and all of these problems um, baseball wants to reach as big an audience as they can, but these legacy contracts with RSNs have restrictions because uh, they're protecting their turf in terms of having people watch through the RSN. I mean, it's one of the main reasons that a, a significant portion of the population continues to subscribe to cable is to watch live sports. So to get away, from, you know, and so they're, they're concerned about cannibalizing their audience by also offering a streaming product. Right. And, and and they also, you know, we can get into a larger picture, you know, because what baseball is doing is, you know, Friday night games are on Apple and Sunday games are on Peacock and you have to get all these different services to watch their games. And, you know, it, it's kind of a mishmash of a of a, of a product. Um, I think what in a perfect world they want is what the MLS has uh, with Apple. It's just a perfect, you know, just a a a, a societal you know scenario in which they have just one umbrella you know just one one fee you pay for one fee and you get the one fee and that's how you do it uh as long as you have that exact thing you know that that's ideally what they would want to have um before i ask you about what i think the next step of the problem with that set though is you're giving up such huge economics all right, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it's the foundation. If, of if you say that, right, finances. as you say that, I I'm thinking uh, the Yes Network, the uh, Nesson, New England Sports Network, Masson, SNY, they're, they're all saying f you. Like, there's no chance you want to do that. Like, they they were yeah, like, that's, oh, that's my exactly dead body, you're gonna do that. So <laughs> this next fight is never gonna be between owners and players. It's gonna be between owners and owners. The battle between Major League Baseball owners has been going on since the beginning of time. And the NFL in the early 1960s decided we're splitting our media rights evenly. And Green Bay and New York are going to get the same amount of money. That's, that's never happened in Major League Baseball. And it's becoming increasingly localized sports, a localized sport. So the, the disparity between the Rays, Marlins, versus Yankees, Dodgers is is astronomical. It's we see it show up in the payrolls, we see it show up in their media rights deals. So those big market clubs are saying, why are we, they've been saying for you, why are we propping up the with revenue sharing? The Marlins, Marlins race, they're getting 40, 50 million dollars a year already in revenue sharing. Um, so this is a problem where there are a lot of healthy RSNs, and in a lot of cases, these big markets. Not only do they receive a significant rights fee, but they also own a significant part of the RSN. So Dodgers, Red Sox, Cubs, those are all still RSNs with significant cash flow, even after making really substantial rights fee payments to the clubs. Well, and not to go on enough of a tangent, you know, the, the profits have to be going down. What what the evidence that you're seeing is the recent story about the Angels not traveling their radio announcers. Um yeah. And I can count on, and I'm not going to start naming names and I'm not going to do this on this podcast, but I've seen, I think, six different scenarios where veteran broadcasters were let go and kids were hired for about a third of the money. So like it's, it's the, the media industry, like all these RSNs, even the profitable ones, they're starting to, you know, clench their, their pockets 
Uh, you're seeing it in, in Boston, in New York. You're seeing it all over. Let's use the yeah. Marlins as the example. Let's let's get to the real reason what made me uh, want to reach out to you and, and have you on this podcast. The story that is getting the most press is, you know, if, if, uh, if I, you know, Bally Sports Ohio disappears, how am I going to get my game? That's the, that, that was the first story, and I, I, I had to do the due diligence to, to ask that question. This is the one I'm more interested in. You mentioned the Marlins. Let's use round numbers just for the sake of my audience here. If the gross revenues for the Miami Marlins are $100 million, that's ticket sales, that's, that's merchandise, that's cable revenue, that's, you know, all, all things combined. If suddenly uh, Bally Sports Florida ceases to exist, and that's 45, 50 million of the hundred million dollars suddenly not coming in. How are, how is that team even remotely comp- competing? <laughs> and, you know, you can talk about revenue sharing and I understand how they pocket revenue sharing and I'm not trying to pick on the Marlins here, but what it looks like to me from the outset is what you're seeing with college football, where you're having super conferences and then you have the riffraff. And what you have currently in the Premier League, where you have six or seven teams that have either these billionaire uh, American owners or now these Middle Eastern owners who are spending hand over fist for these teams. And those are the six or seven teams that are at the top of the table. And then you have these other pedestrian owners who just simply can't compete. The whole interest to me of this RSN business and you want to use the Marlins, the Guardians, the Brewers, you want to use any team. If suddenly you took 30, 40% of their gross revenues out of the equation, you have a payroll, you have a financial disparity that will change competitive balance in a sport that already has the worst competitive balance in sports. And is that a real thing? Yeah, that, 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 that's the problem. This, this, RSN problem, the clubs in the bottom half of the financial table are the ones that are mostly tied to Bally Sports or AT&T, which also is trying to get out of the RSN that, business. Right. I want to get... They're going to... They're out. This is their last year, basically. All the rights are going back to the teams. They seem to have come to a resolution. Fine. And that's Pay the Astros, the Rockies, and the Pirates. Yes. And so so let's let's apply that to the same question. If the Houston Astros suddenly, okay, so let's say the gross revenues for the Houston Astros are $250 million. If you take $75 million out of that equation, how are they competing? Yeah, Astros have a pretty, they have a pretty good business, World Series champion, sponsorship, attendance, everything is, they generate significant revenue from their ballpark. But but some of the, the smaller market clubs, so overall, we found 23% of Major League Baseball is driven by local media. That compares to about 12 or 13% in the NHL and NBA. NBA will dip under 10% once they do their next national TV deal. NFL, of course, wins always. Local media is only 2%. It's radio broadcasts and then preseason games uh, generate a little bit of local TV. And so, and and the range on that 23% is really, you're talking about roughly 15% to 33% 
uh, is is what clubs, and, and that's that's including revenue sharing. If you take out revenue sharing, then it's an even an even bigger chunk uh, for for some of those small market teams. Uh, so teams are going to have to take a haircut in some cases, um, and Major League Baseball seems to, you know, people within Major League Baseball think there's going to be just as much revenue um, in a short amount of time based on how they're going to distribute uh, the games and the content. I, I don't see a scenario that that's but possible. Ha, ha, has the Mandalorian soon. shown that to be true? Like, no, no. none of these shows are getting watched that much to no. offset the loss of an RSN. And the, and the reality is that non-baseball viewers make up the bulk of RSN revenue. And so once you cut those people out that are paying their cable bill and don't care about the Marlins or Rays or Brewers or whoever, um, the, those economics are, are, are nearly impossible to make up under the current format. So how things develop over the next three to five years, maybe there's more long-term money if you're going to be able to reach a bigger audience. Uh, but for right now, um, the reality is that there's going to be less money um, over the next 12 months. Um, so it's, it's, <laughs> that is the, that is the million dollar question. Uh, again, it's going to the revenue for revenue sharing formula will force big market teams to send more money to small market teams, um, and, and prop them up. And so, um, that, that's what, that's where the sport is headed. More sports with friends in just a moment. You know, I love hosting this show, and obviously I want as many people as possible to hear every episode. I put a lot of effort into them. The reality, though, is that podcast discovery, whether you're a podcaster or a podcast listener, is hard. That's why I've partnered with the folks at Marble. M-A-R-B-Y-L. Not like marbles in your mouth like it sounds when I'm doing my podcasts. Marble's AI identifies the five most interesting moments in a podcast episode and instantly transforms them into searchable, shareable clips called marbles. We've done close to 400 episodes of this show, and sometimes you want to hear about themes that we've done. You can search for hockey podcasts that we've done, football podcasts that we've done. If you want to hear about the paralysis situation with Eric Legrand, or the release of Brittany Griner. We've done four separate podcasts on Brittany Griner's arrest. All the amazing coverage we did of sports and COVID. You can easily make a marble out of this. It's easy to create and share marbles from anywhere inside my episodes on the Marble app. And as a listener of Sports with Friends on Marble, I think it's cool that anyone can go in and be the first to claim something that's said on the show as their own personally created marble. You could share it on Instagram, TikTok, social media, and if you're old like me, you can even put it on Facebook. You can be the first to marbleize a moment on the show, and it helps me get discovered. If you're a podcaster, join me in marbleizing your show. Just head to marble.com, that's M-A-R-B-Y-L.com to get started. And if you're a listener that doesn't have a podcast, it's a great and free way to directly support Sports with Friends to get the app. Simply create and share one marble from something said on this show that you enjoyed, not something you hated. When you subscribe to my show on Marble, you'll get access to all the latest marbles as they roll out. 
Marble is a free app for both iOS and Android users, so head to marble.com, that's M-A-R-B-Y-L.com, or search Marble in the app or Google Play stores. Change the way you listen to podcasts. And just to show you the 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 blackout rules are so idiotic, and you know we're we're coming up on four hundred episodes of this this podcast. We've probably done six on those blackout rules. Those blackout rules are the dumbest. You could be in Montana, drive a day and a half to T-Mobile Park in Seattle. But if you live in Montana, you can't watch the Mariners on yeah. MLB. And, and, and the, those the, are, the idea is we get away from this. We're going to get away from right. this. No more, no more of these blackout rules. Bigger audience, more money. Got to Gary Bettman on this on this podcast a hundred episodes ago on, for two ninety nine. And I, you know, I said, you know, my daughter is a diehard New Jersey Devils fan because I do want to ask you about NBA and NHL. But but uh, I, I said the hoops that she has to jump through to watch the 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 Devils. When she's in college in four years, she's not going to do it, and you'll lose her. And she's a die. She's a P one, so she's your target. She's the person you have to to keep. Make it easy. I'm not saying make it free. I've never said make it free. And she knows I will make sure she has that. But make it easy. Make it so that she pushes one stinking button, and she can watch those those games. But I I will tell a funny story. Uh, this week I took my family to Boston. Uh, on a on a vacation, and we went to Fenway Park. Uh, we watched the Pirates and the Red Sox, and it was freezing. It was like 45 degrees by the seventh inning. My kids were miserable. They hate baseball as it is. I saw a bunch of old friends that, you know, I used to work for MLB. So, I, you know, I finally, we, we, we acquiesced. We, we got home, and we got back to the hotel in the ninth inning, and I hadn't put the television on in my room. And so I didn't know, you know, how to, how to even work on work it. We were barely in the room, but I turned the television on and the one channel that didn't work was Nesson in Boston was Nesson. So I run to my phone. I just want to see the ninth inning of a game that I had just been at and I'm blacked out because even though I have MLB.tv, I'm blacked out on my phone because I'm geotagged in Boston. I'm thinking, Oh my God. It's like for free. For decades, I have complained about this thing. It is the stupidest, stupidest thing uh, going. It's it's just amazing, uh, amazing to me. So do you think that there will just be a day where the RSNs will just say, give us a piece and sure, just lift your blackouts? Like, just lift them? Like, like, yes. if, like if you are Joe Blow living in Baltimore, if you want to see the Orioles, get MLB.TV and just get it. It's a negotiation. That's where it's yes. headed. That is where it's headed. That's where it's headed. And 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 the and the question is how quickly you get there. Uh, is it the next twelve months? Does it take three years? Does it take five years? I don't. I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows right now. But that that is where we're headed. A hundred percent. But what do you make of the fact that now you know Yes is charging twenty five dollars a month and and Nesson is charging thirty dollars a month? Like those are going to get wiped out because if you can just get the Red Sox through you know, uh, MLB.TV, you know, I don't Well, that's, I mean, the, 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 who controls the streaming rights? I mean, the, the teams and the leagues both control the stream, different parts of the streaming rights. And so they both have to come together and figure this out. Those price points are at a relatively high level because they're trying to insulate their base and not, and not generate a significant amount of cord cutters, um, that, 
you know, are, are paying are paying their cable provider to get Nessun already or get Yes Network. Uh, and so that is uh, okay. That is the question in terms of what happens uh, if MLB is trying to make that available to everybody uh, under a, a cheaper uh, alternative. I mean, good for them if they do. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is the, you know, the 60 to 70 year old person's not going to get it, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I hope it works for them. I, I, I applaud what they're trying to do. I, 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 you know, I've said publicly, I've watched more baseball this week than I think I did all of last year. Um, the reality of it is though, is uh, still a lot of swinging and missing. My goodness. Oh, it's a lot of flailing uh, quickly. Um, the NBA uh, has a national television deal uh, that's coming up. Um, you know, it, what's been interesting to me is how the NBA has talked about how their brand recognition has never been higher, but their linear television ratings have gone down. So what they're, you know, what the NBA spokespeople say is don't, look at NBA linear ratings as the benchmark for how well the NBA is doing. And I don't disagree. I, I the, the NBA is thriving uh, right now, even though it's a league where only like a third of their teams are any good. Um, it, it, it's, it's that league. What happens if one of these RSNs just disappears and suddenly now you're, you're in a position where revenue that was coming in, albeit less than a baseball team, what happens? Does does the, does the NBA team not able to compete? Do they start selling off players? How dramatic does it get in a league where one player can make such a difference? Um, I mean, the NBA is backstopped by a really significant national TV contract as well as um, international contract sponsorships. Um, that, that they are less dependent on, on the local media, um, those local media deals, uh, and, and particularly the small market teams, they don't have necessarily the inflated uh, contracts that baseball has. Base, baseball uh, RSNs were, excuse me, RSNs were handing out huge contracts uh, to baseball franchises for their, for their media rights because it's 162 games it can it can literally provide the foundation of an rsn six months worth of programming you don't have that uh to the same degree in the nba so you don't have these outsized contracts in places like memphis um or new orleans um you know they, they are still really driven by the stadium the gate uh and, and that's how they're generating their revenue so uh and, and the nba also has been more willing to work with Diamond Sports. Uh, the, the relationship is not nearly as confrontational as we've seen with Diamond Sports and Major League Baseball. And so, again, they have a few months to work this out until the next season begins. Uh, teams have all received their rights payments for the 22-23 season. Uh, and so I think there's there seems to be a, a, a middle ground b between the two parties there uh, moving forward. And as far as hockey is concerned, um, it just sounds to me like, you know, they love their deal with ESPN plus they just, they want to lift those blackouts and this might give them the impetus to do it. Uh, they have a salary floor and a salary cap and they, they also, you know, don't rely on cable, you know, these deals aren't as lucrative, so it's, they're, they're not as reliant on them. Um, it's not to belittle. I, I I just I don't want people to think that it's it's belittling, but you're not going to see as dramatic a difference in 
either the NBA or the NHL. If if the product you see now will probably be the product you see in the next week, year or so. Uh, whereas in baseball, you could see some big dramatic differences. You could see, yes, you could absolutely see significant differences. I think in baseball uh, compared to the other two sports. The uh, the last thing, the uh, the AT and T one, the uh, the 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 they just won out. They um, went out. Yeah, they they Warner. It's part of Warner Brothers Discovery now, and they've got they also a, canceled Batgirl. Those they've got, they canceled Batgirl. They've got a lot going on. They're trying to get their financial house in order, and they've decided that that is not a business we want to be in that is conducive to our uh, shareholders. And so they went out, and Major League Baseball says, "Fine, we're going to take the rights, and there will be they will be distributed." Through Major League, Major League Baseball says they have distribution partners lined up for whatever teams that the rights go back to them and games will continue on in their home markets uh, and they'll get to them. What Through what platforms and how those are distributed, we have no idea. Well, a buddy of mine who covers uh, one of those teams, I don't, I don't want to say the team and I don't want to say that I don't want to out, out them. They just said this has been they are told not to write about this. Like they they, <laughs> they are just literally said they, they are told. Do not write about any of this. The games right now are on the regular networks. <laughs> just, just keep it, keep it go. going. Turn so basically, and and that's what that's what I think fans' biggest takeaway is is that we are on the precipice of dramatic change, and it's not always going to be good. It might be better for the viewer, but it's just a kind of a wait and stay tuned kind of. I, I'm trying to say like my biggest takeaway, the the biggest thing I learned from this podcast is that. The profitable valleys teams; those networks aren't going anywhere. That I didn't know. I, They're that, not going anywhere. Braves, 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 the Valley Sports Southeast makes a ton of money. Braves, Braves are a big brand, generate significant revenue. The Cardinals, the Braves, the Angels. Yeah, the Angels. The ratings aren't as high, but the reach is—it's a Los Angeles market. The reach is gigantic, um, and Padres, they pay a big rights fee. But uh, what about the, the Padres, Texas Rangers? No, the Padres. The Padres are trouble. The Padres. Oh. Rangers, um, those 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 are tr- the Rangers deal is huge. Uh, so so it's not quite as profitable a network. And the Padres, the the market just isn't that big. Um, so but but their ratings are going to be through the roof. I mean they're up seventy five percent. I think opening day because the team's so exciting. So that's a that's a tricky balance uh, that they're playing with a club like that. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Um, Twitter continues to uh, perplex me. We could do a whole other episode on Twitter. Uh, how can my listeners find you? I know they can read you at Sportico. Um, Sportico is one of the best reads, and uh, you guys do remarkable work. And, and Kurt, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. Uh, it's a complicated issue, and I, I I tried to simplify it as much as humanly possible. I don't know if we did it ju- justice, but how can people find you online? We're going we're gonna to keep covering this uh, Sportico.com uh, on Twitter at Sportico, K. Bodenhausen. Um, and Twitter, and um, we'll yeah, put that in is... the show notes. We're not expecting you to spell. <laughs> this is this is an evolving situation, and we're going to be covering it closely. Well, I know how busy you are. Thank you so much for making time like this. Uh, look forward to doing this again. Maybe not on this subject, but have you on again. Uh, this is a podcast that uh, it's called Sports with Friends for a reason. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks so much, Seth. Really appreciate it. That is Kurt Bodenhausen. You can read his stuff at Sportico and follow him on social media. We'll put his social media on the show notes. My takeaway, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. And that's positive news. 
Look, I've been a very big proponent of streaming, and streaming is the way it's going. It's going to be better access in the long run for fans. The only problem is some teams are going to have a hard time competing. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed talking to Kurt. He was very, very informative. Next week, we have a baseball podcast. Joe Castiglione, the Red Sox, legendary play-by-play announcer. He will join us next week on Sports with Friends. So make sure you rate, review the podcast, and we will see you then. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go, and then you'll know for me to stay, I got to be me. Smile, Calvin Cruz. I'm gone. Forget reaching me by phone.